This episode of My Feminine Heart was filmed on location at Rise Beauty Company, a transgender-friendly spa and salon in York, Pennsylvania. Hi, welcome back to My Feminine Heart. I am your host, Cassandra Storm, and today we are interviewing Temperance Faye DeWitt. Temperance has been a photography client of mine for the last few years and has always been very interesting in her subject matter. Um, Temperance has a huge passion for the Victorian era. So if you've ever seen her photos online or from my site, um, they're always of a stunning woman in a big, gorgeous Victorian ball gown. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, <laughs> you're welcome. But Temperance, uh, one of the reasons I'm so excited to have you on the show and that I invited you on today is... Uh, not only are you in the middle of a transition, but you just transitioned at work. Yes, I mean, yes, that is correct. Yeah, so transitioning is you've just in the last few weeks have come out to your family, you've come out at work, it's something that's current and raw and not anything you have to reflect on because you're living through it right now and mm -hmm. it's you have an incredible story to share and, and I'm excited to share it with you today. Oh, thank you, I'm, I'm very happy to be here. <laughs> okay, so uh, you just came out of work, but I know you had some stepping stones before that. Mm -hmm. So what led to the process of coming out at work? Well, um, or originally I really came out to my girlfriend first. Mm -hmm. But if you want to talk about work, that's fine. Oh, no, let's a, start with the girlfriend. That's the juicy stuff. <laughs> it's a completely different process. Uh, June 12th of 2017, I started hormone replacement therapy. And, and how that, old were you at that time? Uh, 54. 54, mm -hmm. okay. Now, um, my body immediately really took to the hormone replacement. Uh, I've been wearing the estradiol estradiol patches uh, twice a week as well as taking the spirolactone tablets about six months after that i mean my breasts really started to develop mm -hmm. and i was uh i'm with my girlfriend her name is mary jane we've been together now uh 34 years wow and that's been a long time i the situation was something had to give. I really didn't want to come out to her. I really didn't know how to come out to her, but my body was changing, so something had to give. I didn't want her to come to me and go, so honey, why are you wearing, or why are you growing breasts? Because she knew something was going on. So um, I had to come out to her one night. Uh, it was really after a conversation that she had with my mother because uh, I guess, and I, and I suppose that this is a very common tale. Uh, my mother thought I was gay. Oh, really? And, you know, really, yeah, because I was just, my mannerisms were very feminine. Uh, I was wearing more feminine clothing, so she equated sexual preference with gender identity. She didn't know at the time. She knows now, but she didn't know at the time. And um, I, I told my girlfriend, look, I, I'm not gay. I am gender, I suffer from gender dysphoria. I am transgender. And she goes, well, what is that? And I said, well, basically, I was born in a male body. I have male body parts. I just do not and cannot identify as a man. 
So, you know, you're a woman. Yes, that is correct. I, I am a woman. And we, we talked about it a lot in detail about where it, it came from and where I first realized all of this. Um, her immediate reaction was, well, you're going to go to hell. Well, okay, great. I mean, we're both Roman Catholic. We're both practicing Catholics. She immediately went to, I suppose you could call it, the, the dark side. Uh, but my, my stay in hell was really rather brief. Um, I was only in hell for two weeks, apparently. She, um, she rescinded that statement she after, did. Okay. after a couple of weeks yeah. when she started to understand that this was not a choice. And she also understood that, well, Carlos, I, w I was born Carlos Manuel Cantu. Carlos, for the most part, was just a miserable person. I was just so very unhappy all of the time. I didn't have any friends. I didn't want friends. Mary Jane was really my only friend, girlfriend. I had no friends whatsoever. Um, I've been a musician for a long time. Even musicians, I, I didn't have a lot of musician friends that I could really talk to and converse and, and open up to. And she says, well, you know, I've noticed that, you know, over the last six months or so, that you're, you're a completely different person. You were just so much more happier now. Wow. And that was also one of the things that my mother had noticed, that I was just so much more happier. And I laughed a lot more. I smiled a lot more. And my mother thought something was wrong with me. Well, <laughs> yeah, Mom. We'll, we'll get to her later. And so my girlfriend, um, she just was just wondering like what, what the change was. And you know, I finally had to tell her, yes, I'm, I'm transgender. I know I'm transgender. I'm transitioning. I'm on hormones. Um, for me, personally, estrogen, was just, it's just wonderful. I can think clearly now. I'm so much more happier. I can breathe now. I feel like a person now. Wow. Uh, testosterone was just poison to me. And I'm so glad that my, um, my estrogen levels are very high now and the testosterone was very low. Uh, my testosterone was very low to begin with. Um, when I first started giving blood, and I, I did this for a while before we even went on the hormones, uh, the average person, what I was told for someone my age for testosterone was 770. I started out at 116. So it was low to begin with, but it was high enough to make a difference in my life. And now that it is almost really gone, it's, it, it, life is so much better now. Life is so good. I'm so much happier now. And Mary Jane understood exactly what was going on after we went through this for a few weeks. Um, we're still together. That's incredible. That's yes, amazing. 34 years now. Uh, I am looking at, at surgery, and I have been having consultations with surgeons about that. Um, she has told me, uh, I'll stick with you through your surgery after that no promises mm -hmm. 
Okay, that's perfectly acceptable. It's perfectly understandable. Uh, we shall see, because I, I don't know what uh, our future holds um, when I go through surgery. Now, you've already gone under the knife at least once, correct? Uh, I was supposed to do the orchiectomy because I have to get off the spirolactone. Mm -hmm. um, those of you who are on Spiro, it, it just zaps the salt from your body and you just crave pickles. I drink the pickle juice, sour candy, lemons, limes, um, kimchi, hot, spicy things. Uh, I really wanted to get off the spirit, but my girlfriend, and as, as well as a couple of other transgender women friends of mine, uh, they said it's, they convinced me it was completely unnecessary to do that. So, no, I, I at the time, I think the last time we spoke, I was considering the orchiectomy, but no, we, I, I decided not to do that. They will take care of all of that um, when I go through surgery which will be the vagioplasty, the, the gender reassignment surgery, um, hopefully December of 2020. Okay. Now, I mean, you have breasts. Is that all from mm -hmm. hormone? Mm-hmm. Wow, because you have large breasts. What Do you mind if I ask what cup you are in just from your um, hormones? Right now, um, I would imagine I'm a large A cup or a, a small B. I'm sort of in between right now. <laughs> oh yeah, it's a, the in-between sizes that are mm -hmm. tough. And I know like I'm getting very personal, okay. um, but you know, when I, you look to me like a C cup. And so, and it could just be an amazing bra. Um, but you know, I've, I've also seen you change because I photographed right. you and had to help you into your, um, into your outfit. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, so it's amazing to me because I am somebody who's terrified of surgery and going under the knife. I've had to have mm -hmm. surgery before and it's it's a scary thing. Yeah. Whether it's emergent or elective, it's you know, you are you are helpless and anything can happen. It's scary. Yeah, absolutely. So the fact that you look as incredible as you do, you look as oh, feminine you. in your face, thank in your you, figure, you. you have great breasts. Um and you've done that all so far just through your hormone just, therapy. It's just through hormones. Um my girlfriend always said to me, you know, you, you really do have very feminine features. And I think, you know, honestly, I mean, I have a theory as, a, as to why I am transgender. Um, okay, a little bit of a, of a biology lesson here. So when a person is conceived, you know that they are conceived female, correct? Somewhere along the lines in the brain, there's going to be a switch that says, well, you're going to stay a little girl or you're going to be a little boy. I always felt that I should have been a little girl. Now, here's the thing. And again, this is just a theory of mine. When my mother was carrying me, and this is before she knew she was pregnant with me, she had gotten into a really bad auto accident. Oh. Now... When something like that happens to you, it's very traumatic, it's very sudden. You know, the body goes into a survival mode. I'm thinking something might have happened at that time to make my brain switch into uh, being a little boy. But I have always felt that that's really the reason why I was born this way. Now, and you said 
you felt you've always known. At what age do you recall first realizing there was something off, that there was a dysphoria? Um, one of my earliest memories really was thinking that there is something wrong here. And I remember I, I was young. I was very, very young. My grandmother was taking care of me. How old, was guessing, what would you guess age-wise? Maybe three. Three. That's and incredible. It, it, something was, it, it wasn't a matter of something just isn't right here. Just something was just terribly wrong. And of course at the time, well, at least for me, and I know that there are some individuals now, they know at a very early age what was going on. Um, at the time, I really could not quite identify it. I just couldn't put my finger on it. Um, I was about 45, really, when I realized that I was transgender, that I was really female, that everything about me was female. There was nothing uh, male about me. I just could not identify as a male. Um, and it took me all those years, really four, four and a half decades of just struggling with this every day. What is this? Why do I feel this way? Why do I feel this connection towards femininity? And why am I much more comfortable just being with females and interacting with them on their level? Because I, I didn't, I, I couldn't interact with other guys. It mm -hmm. just, it just not, it did not feel natural to me. And from what you've shared, you were forced into all male environments growing yeah. up. Yes, yes, for the most part. Um, uh, Roman Catholic here, uh, went to an all, uh, an all Catholic school, grade school. Just uh, for boys. Well, no, no, that was high school. Oh, for okay. grade school, uh, it was boys and girls, but we were always segregated. You could not touch the girls, or I know, I'm sorry, you could not talk to the girls. You could not talk to the boys. Um, this was back in the 60s. You couldn't play together at recess. We couldn't play together at recess, but, you know, me, I would go and play with them anyway. I would talk to them, and we'd talk about, you know, our lives. And, you know, I think I remember at one point, we even talked about the differences in our uniforms. Um, the guys had on the slacks and the shirts and the ties and the girls had the, the blouses and the checkered skirts. And, you know, we, we talked about sometimes and why they were the differences and things that like their mothers were teaching them. And I mean, for the most part, I really couldn't contribute a whole lot to that. I would very much listen intently to what they were saying because it just held such a great interest for me about what made them female, what made them girls, and I, I could not uh, understand why. Now in high school, uh, I went to an all-boys Catholic school run by priests, um, and thinking, looking back on it, I mean, if I was a girl being forced to go into an all-boys Catholic school, it was just... It was just so uncomfortable. It was unnatural. I, um, I, I, I hated it. And if you showed the slightest bit of nonconformity, uh, any 
effeminate behavior in any way, shape, or form, uh, you'd have your rear end handed to you with the blessing of those priests. So high school was very, um, very difficult for me. Uh, now in college, when I started to really look at like the differences, boys, girls, what what makes us different? Why am I so connected at that point to being female? Um, I you know I had a lot of female friends throughout all my life. Mm-hmm. Always had a more much more comfortable with female friends. Um, but of course, that's when I guess uh, the overcompensation started to take place. I. I joined a fraternity. Uh, I did a lot of the things that the fraternity guys did. All of the, the parties, uh, all of the girls. Uh, this is a very masculine time for you, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And and looking back, it was it was basically just overcompensation because I was in my twenties at the time, and I I was old enough to know, okay, what is going on here. How do I look at this in a way which will make me understand it? Mm-hmm. Uh, so college was actually a little easier because you know I was really starting to look at the problem and I wasn't forced into an all-male environment. Mm-hmm. Um, the male environment that I did, like I said, go into was uh, it was overcompensation. Um, I really did not get a grasp of this, and I really didn't understand exactly what this was until I was about 45. And what helped you realize it at that point? Was there a lightning bolt, or was it just all of a sudden all your years of wondering just accumulated to an answer for you? It it just accumulated to an answer, all of those years of, of wondering. And, and in a way, yes, it was like a lightning bolt. I... I just woke up one day, and it was it was just a matter of just waking up. Wow. So it's rea- like and a, realizing an aha moment. Like, like I get yeah, it. I I understand now. Everything sort of started to make sense to me uh, because I realized I'm a girl. So at at forty five, you have this revelation. You are still a practicing Catholic. Mm-hmm. You are in a decades-long romance with mm-hmm. uh, with your Mary girlfriend, Jane. with mm-hmm. Mary Jane. Uh, what do you what do you do? How where did you go from there? When you're like, oh, I'm a woman. What do I do now? I had absolutely no idea, because the thought of actually being female was just so unfathomable until then. But it it hit me so profoundly that. I really had to take a good long look at it. And it took me really until another five years, until I was about 50, to really process everything that I was feeling and to really understand what was really going on. Uh, And of course, you know, the internet was there. So I would start to look at you know, feminine feelings, gender dysphoria. That's when I first discovered gender dysphoria. And uh, that's when a lot of the growth really took place between 45 and 50, really, to understanding. And of course, I mean, I did go 
back and forth on it a lot, many times. I thought, yeah, I'm going to go to hell for this. No, I'm not, because God made me this way. God doesn't make mistakes. And finally, you know, I, I accepted it about, about 50. Um, I was at a transgender conference. Was this your first one? Yes, it was my very first one. I was 50. And I... I had started looking into them earlier, but I really didn't have the opportunity to really go. Um, I mean, I, I had a full-time job. I couldn't get off work. Um, the family was still close by. I was still sort of locked down. Mm -hmm. And then they, you know, sort of moved on, moved away. Um, in 2013, my father had passed away. I don't think that had anything to do with it. He was very open-minded. So I was kind of sorry to see him go. I, I was really unable to share anything about this with him, which is a shame. Like I said, he's very open-minded. He probably would have said, hey, whatever makes you happy. It's, if, just, it's just the way he was. If you could turn back time, do you wish you had told him now? If I had known, yes, of course. He probably would have been the first one I would tell just because um, I was really starting to develop to develop that sort of relationship with him and it was we developed that relationship later in life uh, and unfortunately you know like I said he he was 85 he passed and um, that's when I started to really accept what this was and who I was and like I said uh, I was 50 I was at my very first transgender conference and which conference was that Fantasia Fair I know that's your that's one of your faves that's one of my favorites yeah. yes you um, refer to it as the the holy land well Provincetown is Provincetown. the holy land because that's where it all happened and I remember um, so the fair is really Sunday to Sunday but I always showed up at a place like the day before just to scope it out just to make sure it was safe mm -hmm. I was still very uncomfortable going out and uh, let me tell you a little story so it was Saturday night I was uh, in my hotel room I, I, I was looking out the window of my hotel and I noticed that there were some other transgender women there and they were walking the streets and they were talking and just you know having a fairly good time nobody was bothering them and I figured well okay um, this seems like a safe environment so I, uh, I got all dressed up. I remember scraping my face, shaving, because I had a very, very heavy beard back then, very, very heavy five o'clock shadow. And I remember I got my makeup just right. I got my hair just right. And my pretty little sundress looked perfect. I, it was probably the first time I had ever gotten my makeup just right. I reached for the door. I chickened out. Oh no. Um, and I was not very happy with myself about that. I just could not go out. And this was, you know, what I know now to be a very safe environment. So um, I spent just spent the evening indoors, uh, just watching TV, just very, very upset with myself. And I remember uh, the Sunday through Wednesday morning, I was just very, very 
almost paranoid about, you know, someone's looking at me or someone's going to see me, someone's going to find out. So that's Sunday through Wednesday, you left the hotel room, yes, participated I, with the conference. Were you dressed as a woman? Yes, I was presenting, uh, but I was very paranoid. paranoid about everything. And then Wednesday afternoon came around. Uh, a woman by the name of Jamie, she had was doing this uh, presentation on spirituality. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I was always, I'm always going to be a Roman Catholic. Religion is very, very important to me. But this was something different. This had more to do with spirituality and, and who you are as a person. So I decided to go to this uh, presentation and everything, everything changed after that. I, I had gotten the final answer that I was looking for. And basically it, it, it was right in front of me the whole time that, well, this is who I am. This is my essence. This is who I was meant to be. And everything changed after that. And I have never, ever looked back. Uh, I have just gone to my seventh fair. Wow. And uh, I take uh, take part in a lot of the festivities. I do, I even hosted the fashion show for a few years. Uh, but I do the fashion show every year and the follies. And it's a big part of my life. And I've, I went from this paranoid woman, not really accepting and knowing who she was to the person I am today, the woman that I was meant to be today. Don't get me wrong, I'm just getting started. I have a long, long way to go, but I am, I'm moving forward and I am not looking back. Now, has Mary Jane attended any of these conferences with you? Um, like I said, last year was when I came out to her. I had gone to six of these events without her knowledge. Now, last year I came out to her and we've spent the entire year talking about all of this and, you know, sort of preparing her for this fair. Yes, we just went to the fair. This was our first fair together. We did a lot of the couples things, uh, a lot of the couples events, the therapy sessions, things like that. We learned a lot. There was a lot of takeaways that, that we did. Um, how are we going to help the relationship? Uh, what have I done for you lately? What have you done? Or what have I done for you today? What have you done for me today? Mostly working on the relationship, which I guess it's a good sign because, you know, hopefully she won't um, she won't leave if if, if and when I, I have surgery next year. So she's, you know, we're both actively working on the relationship and most importantly, redefining the relationship. It's not Mary Jane and Carlos anymore. It's Mary Jane and Temperance. Yeah. So we still have a long way to go for that. We still have a lot of work to do. Now, but, how did she feel being in that environment? You know, she didn't know what being a transgender person was until you. For and, the most part, yes. And she spent a year in study, but I'm assuming largely mostly with you one-on-one or mm-hmm. with a therapist. 
And, you know, as somebody who's been attending conferences as a photographer for years, I know it's it, you're, it's like you're being submerged into an entire new world and you're mm -hmm. surrounded by hundreds of people um, as part of the community and you have just, it's it's beautiful and it's overwhelming and it's it's fun. It's, you know, how, did she... Did she understand anything a little more clearly, or did she have a good time? What was her experience as a, you know, as a significant other, as a spouse, as a companion at this conference? Um, she she had a very good time. Yeah. Like I said, we did a lot of the um, presentations together for couples. There was a lot of takeaways. Uh, we did the fashion show together. Oh, really? Yes. She had on this gorgeous green and silky sheer gown um, that uh, that I commissioned my dressmaker for to make for her. Mm -hmm. um, she stole my thunder. Not very happy about that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because everybody raved about her. And I'm I'm usually known for my gowns because I, I like I said, I have my own dressmaker. You do. And I, yeah, I they're a big a, deal. Yeah, they're a very big deal to me. Um, I mean, I have a passion for historic clothing but she comes out in this gown and oh yeah 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 she stole my thunder yeah that's awesome <laughs> that's awesome um and uh we went to a lot of the events together um yes she said uh there were at times she was a little overwhelmed mm -hmm. there was a lot going on um there was a little bit of drama a little bit of drama you know a little bit of you know bickering here and there between women but I mean we're people sometimes we don't get along mm -hmm. um, she got along with the spouses great she is uh, keeping in touch with a couple of the spouses because they do support groups for spouses and significant others of transgender individuals and uh, yeah we had uh, we had a very very good time that's she, amazing. Uh, she loved the food. I love the food. We're both foodies. And uh, yeah, she had a really good time. So uh, jumping back to where we started our conversation, uh, you're, you've, you're coming out at work. Okay. And you have been out to uh, Mary Jane for a year and a half? About a year. It's been about a year. About a year. Uh, and at, how did it, I know you came out to your family before you came out at work. So how long have you been out to your family and what was that process like? I know a lot of people will write a letter or they may choose to do it in person. How did you decide to come out to your family? Um, I'm a firm believer in um, there, are, there are too many missed opportunities in life. So when there is an opportunity, I, I take it. Uh, I have been contemplating coming out to my sister for a while now, and I had I had very long discussions with Mary Jane about this. Um, we had gone out to this uh, this restaurant for lunch uh, to get this uh, Vietnamese noodle soup, uh, pho. I call it pho pho. I think it's called. And so we were eating the soup, and um, I was with uh, I was with my sister Mary Jane and my mother. So. Um, we were just about done, and then my mother and Mary Jane, they decided to go to the bathroom. So it's just me and my sister, my sister and I. And I just did it. You just did it in the two minutes that you thought you would have while your mother was in the restroom. Pretty you just, much. Just in a restaurant, in public, just 
Sis, I, I've got news. I said, yeah, listen, I, I really need to talk to you about something. She goes, what? And I go, I, um, I'm transgender. And she didn't quite understand it at first, but then she said, well, you know, wait a minute. I, I have a friend who is trans, what is it? Transgender. Yeah, I've got a friend who's actually transgender. I said, well, it's kind of the same thing, really, if, if this person identifies as female, or if it's, if it's uh, female to male, they identify as male. No, no, this is a girl. She, she likes to, she dresses as a, as a woman. I go, well, then it's, it's male to female. So it's pretty much the, the same thing. We're both transgender. And she was immediately supportive of it. Wow. Once she understood what it was and that I am sort of the same thing as, as her friend. And she said, look, you know, if you have to be happy. You, you've got to do what you've got to do. You have to be the person that you were meant to be. And then uh, my mother and Mary Jane came back and we said, okay, we'll talk later. Uh, but we did do a lot of talking. Now, as far as my uh, older brother is concerned, I have an older brother and an older sister. I'm the youngest of three. Um, everyone came to Delaware to visit my mother. And that's when I, uh, I came out to my older brother. Now, this is a different story here. He looked like someone kicked him in the gut. I'm not sure why. I guess it was kind of a shock because... No one saw this coming. Nobody guessed over the years they didn't catch you dressing as a girl when you were younger or... No, I was... You've been rocking the long hair for a long time. As Mm -hmm. long as I've known you, you've had your own natural long Mm -hmm. hair. And and nobody thought any differently. I guess you're a musician, so... Pretty much. Yeah. That was it. And, um... They, I remember that weekend, uh, both my older brother and sister took me aside and said, uh, you're not telling mom. And I go, why not? And they said, it's, it'll kill her. So, wow. you know, there's that good old Catholic guilt now. Um, if you tell her, you will kill her. You will shorten her life. When she dies, it will be your fault. You know, the whole nine yards. Um, so even your sister, who had been supportive. Right. She says, she, no. She I'm, backtracked a little bit. Well, she still supported me, but she says, no, you can't tell mom. And I'm, how old is your mother now? She's 85. Okay. So this is... Uh, this is a little difficult for her to take. So, well, she grew up in an era when nobody talked about this. That is correct. Yeah. And and in our family, we don't talk about things either. Um, can you say dysfunction? That's all <laughs> I'm going to say about that. But anyway. So uh, you were you were warned by your siblings, don't tell mom. That is correct. And what did you decide to do? Um, I agreed to it. Uh, looking back, I knew I should not have agreed to that. I should have stood up for myself. But about three weeks later, excuse me, um, uh, I went to visit my mom in Delaware. And I, I just came out to her. Um, and, and the reason why, she um, had given me some signs And of course, for the last six months, I had been probing the situation anyway. Whenever in the news we hear something about um, the LGBT community, I would, you know, ask her about that. Like we'd hear in the news about uh, yet another transgender woman being murdered or someone uh, beating up uh, on some gays in the street or whatever. 
And what I got from her was this, that she really felt sorry for the community because of the way the community is forced to suffer. There's always someone beating up on them, someone always murdering them. And as far as being transgender, uh, she actually said, look, if God made them this way, this is the way they should be. Wow. Which was really surprising because, you know, we're all pre-Vatican II Roman Catholics, fire and brimstone, you know, mm-hmm. uh, very, very different than I think what it is today. Now. And and she is in her mid-80s. Yes. Yeah, she yeah. grew up with that. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I have a much different perspective on things as far as religion is concerned however so you're starting to get a bit of a green light from her that she might be accepting of this exactly now what's good for one person may not be good for another it's it's easy to say yes if god made these people this way they should live their lives this way it's much harder to say if god made my child this way it's it's easy to live this way. And so she get, she did give me the green light. I knew it was not going to be easy. Um, and we just sat on the couch one day and I said, look, Mom, i got to tell you something. And it was really one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. Um, I, I just started crying. And I, I, I knew that both of our lives was going to change. It was going to be different from now on. And, um, you know, she kept telling me, look, I love you. You're my son. No matter what happens, I'll always love you. I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to abandon you. Which kind of really made me stop crying because I thought, yeah, well, wait till you hear what I have <laughs> to tell you. So I, um, I said, look, I, um, I'm, I'm transgender. And she goes, what is that? I, and I basically went through the whole spiel about uh, it stems from gender dysphoria. I cannot, for some reason, identify as a man that I think of myself as a female. Well, you know, I... Uh, Perfectly understandable. She it, it did not go over well. She is still to this day equating it with sexual preference. So she's having a hard time understanding Underst- the definition of it. Exactly, getting uh, a grasp of what exactly it is. And, and I, now, I, and she had always thought you were gay. I believe you have shared that with me. Well, just underlyingly was wondering. She had her suspicions mm-hmm. because she had a conversation with Mary Jane and Mary Jane had to convince her that I was not gay. Well, you had been with Mary Jane for over 30 years. For a long time. Yeah. But does that really make a difference? <laughs> I guess I not. I can still be gay and still be with somebody. So. And why did she think that you were gay? Uh, my mannerisms were just getting more and more effeminate. Uh, I was wearing more and more colorful clothes, flowered shirts. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the hair was long, the earrings. Um, I wasn't openly wearing rings or nail polish at that time, but I was uh, openly shaving my legs, and she knew about that. She didn't quite know what to think about that. So that's why she had the impression that I was a homosexual, which, okay, fine. That's really a common, common misunderstanding, yeah. especially for someone who doesn't quite know or understand. You know, they would think, well, you're wearing women's clothing. That means you're gay. Well, no, it means that you're, you're transgender or something of that nature. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're gay. It, it does not equate to sexual orientation. So for your mother, um, you, know, you, you came out to her. You, she had told you, I will always be with you. Mm. Don't worry. Was there, has there been any support from her? Has she been supportive at all? Or is it mo she mostly just confused? Um, a lot of it is confusion. A lot of it, I guess, is shock. Mary Jean has told me that she's in mourning, that she is, she feels like she's losing her son. So she's having conversations with your girlfriend um, after the, after you yeah, have come yes, out. So they've is, been that communicating. Is, that is correct. Yes. Yeah. Um, for some reason, she doesn't want to talk to me about it, which is fine. I mean, if you know, she's getting her information from Mary Jane. She, Mary Jane is a trusted family member. I mean, we've been together for so long. Mary, mom considers Mary Jane part of the family. Um, so she did tell me as I was, I was leaving to go to work back to Maryland, she goes, I, um, I'll work with you on this. Wow. Which, okay, great. Um, but we, it, it's going to be slow. Mm -hmm. Um, you, you got to give people time. It this this is not going to happen instantaneous unless someone goes well. Duh! I could have told you you were transgender. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, people who don't know or don't realize it or don't want to see it. Mary Jane, you know, I I live with Mary Jane. I'm with her all the time, day and night. She had told me she did not want to see it, that it was right there in front of her, and that I had to actually come out to her to make her take a look at it. Wow. So it's um, it, it's it's a long, it's it's going to be a long, difficult road for for both you know my mother and myself. Uh, but nobody's been cut off. You're still all a family. You're still in communication and growing right now. Um, not necessarily with my older brother. Uh, we've never really had a relationship. Um, he has his own set of issues. I, of course, have my own set of issues. Never really, you know. You never, were never close. We were never close. Um, and again, really, I am five and six years younger than my older siblings. So it was always really those two against me. And I never really felt close to them. Mm -hmm. They were close, but I, I never really had the benefit, really, I felt of having older siblings. And I mean, how, how are things with your sister now? Um, 
Well, she knows that we really don't have a relationship. I, 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 I'll give her credit. She has been over the last two or three years trying to build a relationship with me, which, okay, that's, that's fine. Um, she wasn't very thrilled with me about coming out to mom and we didn't speak for about a month, but we have been lately in communication talking about this and um, uh, she really is, is starting to be very supportive of me again. And she says she's very concerned that she wants me to actually go to a physical doctor to fix what's wrong with me. Um, okay. So how do you answer that? Yeah, I, I, I told him there's, there's nothing physically wrong with me, but, you know, we'll talk about it. That's, that's fine. If that's the impression that she has, then that's fine. You know, this show to me is all about what do you recommend to other people? What is the message you want to put out there? So having gone through this and still going through it with your family what would you what would you say to others do you have any regrets about coming out or how you came out well i had a plan for coming out to mary jane and that just kind of went out the window it i just went i just came out to her i just seized the opportunity and i have no regrets the same way with my mother originally i had agreed not to come out to her and i wound up coming to her anyway I have no regrets. Now, my mother did say that she was glad I did tell her and that it was, I did the right thing by coming out to her. That must have been so incredibly affirmative mm -hmm. to you. Yeah. Now, well, why is she glad? Why, even though um, she's not quite understanding it and she says she's going to work with you, what did, what did she say about it when she had that conversation? I'm glad that you came out to me. Well... First of all, she said that I am her child and that she she's going to love me and not abandon me no matter what. And that she, I believe that she is going to try to be more supportive of me. She just needs to actually get a grasp on it and get over the shock of, of what this is. But I have, um, I have no regrets in any way, shape or form whatsoever. There is no right or wrong way to come out to somebody. It doesn't matter what your relationship is. Uh, you you just have to do it or you don't do it. There's no right or wrong. There's no book for this. There's no manual for this. And every relationship is going to be different. I just seize the opportunities. Yeah. How does it feel now that the secret is out? How do you feel? Oh, I, I feel great. Uh, I know that, um, you know, I am going to lose people along the way. And I have actually lost a couple of people uh, that were very dear to me that, you know, they said that they just could not handle this, which is fine. And I, um, I just feel that if you have to do this, you, you, you're going to have to do it to, to live your life, to be true to yourself. Yes, you're going to hurt people, but 
it's not really a matter of a reward for being yourself. It's just that you have to live as your true self. And you're just going to lose people along the way. Some people are going to understand. Some people are not. Mm -hmm. Some people are going to immediately get it. Some people see it before you do. And some people will never, ever see it. You just doesn't matter how long you know a person or what the relationship is. You just never know how they're going to react or what the long-term effect is going to be. Yeah. So it's, it's almost impossible to gauge this type of thing. But I guess once you put that foot forward, you're going. You've, for, made, you've made that decision, you're committed. For me, yes. Yeah. I mean, you, you can't go back in. Yeah, that's true. Um, and you are you are full force going forward. So timeline wise, how many weeks, months ago did you come out to your family? Oh, this was fairly recent. The first uh, person I came out to was my sister back in early August. And right now we're it's mid November. Mm -hmm. so, so it's been a few months for everyone. Yeah, and you've and and now you've come out at work. Mm -hmm. So how did that work? Well, let's see. That's a different story because it's a different environment and I have different relationships with, you know, my, my work people. So what in, I'm really interested in, like, the logistical process of it, because I know you started wearing skirts before HR said anything at all. Well, no, even before that. OK, so let, let's talk about this timeline here. OK, um, so back in February. Um, I was having a review with my boss, and I mean, I've known him for a number of years. We used to work at uh, another uh, place together. So about six, seven months ago. Yeah, yes, mm -hmm. this is back in January. But like I said, he's, he's a good friend of mine. I've known him for a long time. So we were talking uh, one day. We were having a review, and everything was going good. And he goes, so um, uh, so how do you feel about everything? How do you feel you're doing? How, how, was, how was everything going? I just started crying and I didn't want to <laughs> I got well okay so here's the I'm deal I'm sure that's not always the response he gets to how are things going at work no, no yeah. not at all so I stopped crying I said okay well apparently I have to say something now I wasn't intending to but I'm, I'm gonna have to he says what's going on he says you okay I said no I'm fine um I am uh, I'm transgender and he goes, okay, I think I've heard of that before. I said, yeah, gender dysphoria, I can't, you know, blah, blah, blah. I gave him the whole spiel. He says, hey, look, um, you're a great person. Uh, whatever you need to do, you let me know. I'm here for you. Mm -hmm. He says, you handle this in any way that you see fit, and then we'll go forward from there. It's like, okay, great. So a couple of months after that, I, um, I came out to HR. Now, at the time, I was still wearing um, men's clothing, but I was kind of showing. So throughout the summer, you know, my, my boss knew and HR knew throughout the summer, um, I had to wear an undershirt, <coughs> excuse me, like, like a feminine undershirt I preferred. After work at five o'clock, since it was so hot out, I would just take my 
over shirt off and just, you know, check the office, make sure no one was around. So they knew that something was going on with my body. Mm-hmm. And this is from early June. Then in, I guess, September, I just started to wear the feminine blouses and the jewelry, wearing my hair a little differently. My hair was always long. But you're a musician. Right. Yeah. So I, I, but they kind of knew something was going on. And I had decided um, the first Monday in November was when HR would release, would release the letter to the office. Not necessarily the company, although I think the company knows anyway because people have been talking. So they released the, um, the letter to the office, but a few weeks prior to that, I was just coming in in skirts. Skirts, blouses. And did anyone heels. say anything? Like- Nobody said anything to me. I got a couple of interesting looks because Carlos is wearing a skirt. Yeah. But I hadn't officially said anything. Come to find out, before the coming out letter was released by HR, people actually knew, and they knew that I was actually transgender. I don't know who spoke. It really doesn't matter. But you mean before you were showing kind of the signs of it with the jewelry and the clothing, like people people were guessing. People were guessing, well, yeah. yeah, Carlos is in a skirt. What's going on with that? Yeah. So, yeah, they they had their guesses, I would imagine. But they, towards when the letter was going to be released, they did know because mm-hmm. someone told somebody, and that's all she wrote. A good friend of mine in the office, good friend of mine, um, she came up to me and she goes, yeah, I uh, just to let you know I knew about it beforehand. Yeah, yeah somebody told me. It's amazing okay. to me that nobody talked to you. Nobody had any questions. No one said anything this whole time. Yeah, yeah. yeah nobody said anything. But nobody was mean to me. Nobody joked with me. Nobody said anything mean to me or anything like that. So, Are you the only member of the LGBT community in your office? Um, I believe so. I don't think anyone else is in the community. I've had a lot of support from um, really everybody in the office. And um, you've got mail. And, uh, <laughs> and um, you know, I've, I've told them, you know, what, uh, you know, what my name was and what was going on with it. And, you know, this is what I wanted to know or expect in the future mm-hmm. just to be regarded as any other woman in the office. Um, I'm very, very fortunate on so many different levels. The company has adopted a policy of embracing diversity and inclusion. So we... All right, we're going to have to take a pause. <laughs> we, um, it, it's, it's a Sunday, and That's for okay. s- some reason, mail is being delivered. We are at Rise Beauty and Company, my friend's uh, salon and spa, which is trans-friendly. <laughs> and the postal worker does not seem to understand that we are in the middle of an interview. So I'm going to cut, and we'll come back. 
We are back. The mail has been delivered and all is right with the world, which is great. We had a little bathroom break. Uh, so getting back to the story, Temperance, you have come out at work. HR has sent the letter. Everybody already kind of knew, but no one said anything to you about it. Mm-hmm. How long has it been now? You said the beginning of November. So pretty much the beginning of November. That's when I, um, I would call, I officially came out at work. Uh, again, but pri- prior to that, I was wearing skirts and blouses. And I just didn't care. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew that I was in an affirming environment. I knew these those people well enough to know that no one was going to be teasing me or be mean to me or bullying me or anything like that. So I, I just didn't care. I just started just wearing my skirts and blouses to work. And then officially... Um, the letter came out, and you know I'm I'm temperance at work. I'm no longer Carlos. Uh, Carlos has faded away. Which bathroom do you use? Very interesting. Um, they built a gender-neutral bathroom in our office. I do not believe it was actually due to me. They were going to do it anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in the letter, I stated. Um, I, I would feel uncomfortable using both or either the ladies' room or the men's room and that in order to keep the peace, I will just continue using the gender-neutral bathroom. So the letter from HR was not a letter they wrote. It was a letter you wrote. I wrote the letter, yes. Mm-hmm. And I stated, um, I, I first started out that, well, you probably noticed that um, I'm wearing feminine attire and my mannerisms are becoming more and more feminine. Uh, I need to convey something to you at this point. Uh, please bear with me because this is it, this is going to be complicated. And I went through uh, what gender dysphoria was and uh, I added a couple of web links to that and I stated what tr- being transgender was, added a couple of links to it. And I pretty much stated, I, I'm not really expecting anything special. Just regard me as another woman in the office. And then I brought up, you know, the bathroom issue. And I just stated, I'll just continue using the gender-neutral bathroom just, mm-hmm. just to keep the peace. Okay. So what, um, how has been the reaction from your coworkers, other uh, than saying they knew it was coming? Uh, they've been very, very supportive. Uh, they wanted to make sure that they pronounce my name correctly. Uh, we have conversations about uh, booties and tights and the level of opacity and jewelry and all kinds of things. And, you know, they ask um, questions, um, personal questions, not necessarily inappropriate, but they want to know more about what this is and what it is exactly that I have to do. And um, this one woman, she really wanted to get into like how long I had been really uh, struggling with this and that she really felt, you know, uh, sorry for me and that she thought I was so brave about coming out. So uh, different conversations on different levels and they've all been very, very, you know, productive um, How do you feel about being the educator in this environment? Oh, I think it's great. Um, I I have to live this. I have to walk this path. 
Now, yes, in the letter I did add a couple of web links from, um, I think, WebMD or the, the psychological pages and things like that. Uh, credible sources about what being transgender and gender dysphoria is. But yeah, I, I enjoy um, telling my story to them. Uh, well, you yeah. have a beautiful story, and it's well, been incredible thank to you. hear it today. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. I appreciate that. So what's the future for you hold? Where do you see yourself one year down the road, five years, ten years? Well, I'm in consultations now with um, surgeons. I'm looking at surgeons at Johns Hopkins Center for Transgender Health. I'm also looking at surgeons at Mount Sinai. Mm -hmm. uh, they're all very reputable surgeons. Uh, of course, I want to make sure I, I have the best possible care. I'm also looking at uh, Marcy Bowers, because I know that she's done thousands of them. So I might go through her process, even if it might take a little longer. Um, I'm still in the process of contacting her and gathering information and going through other consultations. But I'm shooting for surgery December of 2020. Um, the best laid plans of mice and transgender women often go astray. We shall see. But I am, that's what I'm shooting for at this point. Uh, five years down the road, this is all going to be a distant memory. Um, I am always moving forward. Um, I mean, I've already dealt with a lot of very, very pleasant things and not so pleasant things. Uh, hopefully, Mary Jane and I will stay together. Um, if we don't, um, there might be somebody out there for me, woman or man. I mean, hormones change everything. It's incredible. Um, so we shall see. I, I would definitely like to be in a relationship still, preferably with Mary Jane. We shall see. Mm -hmm. um, we just don't know at this point. Um, I'm going to keep working, uh, keep educating those who want to know. Uh, be an advocate for my community. Uh, we shall see. Just just to stay active and to be happy. Are we still going to see Victorian ball gowns in your future? Many, many more. <laughs> I, I, I have my own dressmaker. Well, actually, I have to share my dressmaker with Mary Jane now. Yeah. Because Mary Jane wants more, um, wants more ball gowns herself and. I guess I could share my dressmaker with her, even well. though she steals my thunder. <laughs> <laughs> well, I uh, I cannot thank you enough for sharing your story and, you know, really the story of your lifetime, you know, realizing this, that something was special about you from mm -hmm. the moment you were basically walking and talking. Thank you. But not fully realizing it until your mid-40s and the, the stages you have taken now, I think your story is going to resonate with a lot of people. Um, the one thing I, I do like to ask is if you have one piece of advice, if you have anything that you would like to share that maybe you wish somebody had shared with you, what would that be? Um, uh, okay, let's, let's, let's just do this. Um, okay. You know, as, as a young 
person in a male body with male body parts. Uh, I was conditioned as a male, like so many of my transgender sisters. We were all conditioned as male. We were taught the things that young men were taught. Now, obviously, on many different levels, we're not taught the same things that young women were taught. Young women are taught, and, and you can agree with me with this, you know, um, you're taught to protect yourselves mm -hmm. and to be, not to put yourselves in uh, unsavory places and environments and situations. Um, you have to be, as women, you have to be more protective of yourself. Mm -hmm. we, we are raised to always be aware mm -hmm. that there is danger at any point, mm -hmm. uh, to never let our guard down. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and as young men, we're not really taught that. I learned, I learned a horrible lesson this summer. I was sexually assaulted. It, it's not like I was in that type of situation. I was in with a group of other people. It just happened. There was no way for me to stop it. And I think what I want to say here is that we now live as women. And we have to deal with both the good things and the bad things. It's not just all sweetness in life. It's not just all makeup and pretty dresses and hosiery. Women put up with a lot of horrible things. And if we want to be women, we have to prepare ourselves for this type of thing. We have to be aware of this type of thing. We need to be educated more on how to protect ourselves, to be more aware that there's danger just about everywhere and, and that we really do need to rethink as we redefine ourselves how we act. We're going to be wearing our wigs and makeup and skirts and we're going to be just as vulnerable out there as other women and we just need to be aware of these types of dangers. Temperance, I can't thank you enough for sharing this. I know that it is an, an incredibly difficult thing to, to speak about. Um, you had shared this with me personally, and it had never been my intent to ask you to share this in front of the camera. Um, but I know it was something that you were compelled to do. And I feel that as you've been sharing your entire story today, it feels like you are somebody who seizes a moment um, and an opportunity for, for advocacy. Yeah, I, I just wanted to help my community because um, we're, we're not brought up to be aware of these kind of things. And if, when we start living as women, we need to be aware of, of these things. I'd, I'd like to add um, in the conversations that we had before this that 
there is an idea of victim shaming. Mm-hmm. You know, women were raised that, well, it may be our fault because we dressed a certain way or we went to a location when we shouldn't have been there at a time of day we shouldn't have been there. Um, but assault can happen to men. It can happen to women. It obviously happens to children. And it happens a lot of times to people who are vulnerable exactly. and they are taken unaware it's usually um, about more about power and an mm-hmm. abuse of power than than sex, and a lot of times it is done in ways that are so sly and shocking and manipulative that you don't even believe that it's happening right. or you're not even aware that it's happening. Exactly. And you said you were in a group of people, mm-hmm. and you were in the you were in the middle of a group of people you trusted. And it just happened. Exactly. Uh, so what I would like to share as people are out there and they, they may have experienced this as children themselves, may have experienced this as, um, you know, as they were older or, or maybe even now after they've transitioned, that mm-hmm. it is you do need to be safe, but it is never your fault. Mm-hmm. And it happens to so many more people then we realize and it can happen to somebody multiple times and Mm -hmm. for multiple ways but it's how you care for yourself afterwards exactly that is important so timbers now that this has happened to you how do you feel well um i definitely had to work it through in therapy and basically you know my therapist said look you can you can let this destroy you or you can learn from it and grow stronger. Uh, you can choose to be a victim or you can choose not to be a victim. And I, uh, I've decided not to be a victim and I've decided to learn something from this and grow stronger and move on. What would you say you've learned? That I have to be aware that this actually happens and that it can actually happen to me. You know, I'm a woman now. It can happen to me. And after it happened, I, it, it was just so much disbelief. I just could not believe it. But I believe it now. I'm a firm believer now. It can happen to me. Uh, and it can happen you know, at any time, anywhere. And thankfully, you had therapists that you had already had a relationship and had been working with that you mm-hmm. were able to, to talk through this with. Absolutely. Yeah. And to me, one of the reasons that I started My Feminine Heart completely is to offer this, this resource and support to, to transgendered people. Um, as somebody who has been working at trans conferences for years, mm-hmm safety is something that I have always noticed um you know I grew up on lifetime movies of the week I have I have been through my share of situations and it is shocking to me when I am conversing with a trans woman and I notice that she turns away from her drink and leaves the drink unattended Mm -hmm. oh yeah that's a big Um, problem I've I've seen um members of the community get into ubers you know, unsafely without going through the proper safety protocols. So there is a portion of my feminine heart that is going to be completely devoted to safety awareness and understanding and, and how to protect yourself. I, I think that's very wor- worthwhile. It, and it's something that is needed. Yeah. Because again, 
it's it's second nature being trans uh, being uh, socially conditioned as as a guy you you have to rethink and redefine just about everything in your life and this is unfortunately one of them and i i had to learn the hard way but if i can tell others out there that they just need to be more guarded and to be safer you know hopefully i will have helped someone yeah well and you are incredible I mean, hearing you. you hearing you speak, hearing you laugh, hearing your strength and your voice. And I, what I would hope listeners take away is that everything that you have been through your entire life, including this, that you're still standing strong today mm-hmm. and probably more fierce and empowered than you've ever been Absolutely. before. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Temperance, thank you so much. I cannot thank you enough for coming on to My Feminine Heart and sharing your story with our listeners and uh, I had already asked, you said that if anybody is feeling connected to you, if they would like to reach out, that they can find you on Facebook. Yeah, you can find me on Facebook. That's fine. Uh, my, my cover photos are these beautiful pictures that Cassandra herself had <laughs> taken of me and of me wearing my um, uh, 18th century and Victorian uh, ball gowns. So you can find me on Facebook and I'll, I will be more than happy to uh, share more of my story with you and to talk to you and converse with you and to just uh, support you and to share with you. We're, we're all here to help each other. So please uh, reach out to me if you so desire. Well, Temperance, thank you so much. Thank you to our listeners. And I would like to thank um, the Postal Service for the very comical (laughs) interruption. Um, Especially, we are in um, this beautiful studio. It is actually a salon and spa. It is in York, PA. Rise Beauty Company, uh, owned by Casey Smeltzer, very good friend of mine. And she she does offer um, full spa and salon services that are 100% transgender friendly. In fact, Temperance has been made over here herself before going out. Oh, they did a wonderful job. (laughs) They really did. I felt very, very comfortable here too. Oh, thank you. I am so excited that we were able to share this together. Absolutely, me too. Well, you have a wonderful day, listeners, you too. And we look forward to talking to you again in our next podcast of My Feminine Heart. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure being here. Thank you. If you are a victim of sexual assault, please call the National Sexual Assault Telephone Hotline at 1-800-656-HOPE. That's 4673.